Let me just tell you a little bit about me so you know why I'm here and why would I do what I do. I live just north of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, my husband and I have eight children and six grandchildren. And in 1995, I was a patient in a mental hospital. So welcome to the afternoon so that's my story, and I hope you won't think I'm too flip about mental illness, but if you do, I would say, as you've heard me say every single week, that's my story, that's how I share it, and that's the story that brought me to you today. So welcome, friends, to Consider Yourself Hugged, Episode 8. Today's hug, Emotional Situations, Where Do I Even Begin? Part 1. I am Dr. Tammy West, here every week to bring you tips on living a life that brings you mental and emotional well-being. So this episode is based on a session I've been presenting for years called Plays Well with Others, and it begins with a story. That's what I'm going to share with you first today. When I left teaching to become a professional full-time speaker, the first thing I did was to do some contract work with seminar companies that took me all over the country. Now, one of the topics I did was called the Conference for Women, and it actually involved two trainers. So I would fly into an airport on a Sunday meet up with the other trainer. Sometimes it was a trainer I had never worked with before. We would jump in the car, go to the first hotel, get up the next morning, uh, go down to the room at like 7 a.m., set up all of the registration and the whole seminar. We would train together all day, pack up, jump back in the car, drive to the next city, do it all over again, and then fly home on Friday. So we were together nonstop, except we did have separate sleep rooms. So you would assume, I think, that it would always go pretty well because we're teaching topics, business topics like uh, communication, being assertive, leadership, um, dealing with difficult situations, stress, emotions, all of that stuff. Usually it did go fine, but sometimes it didn't. This particular time, it did not. And it was obvious immediately that the two of us were not going to click. We jumped in the car and it just was immediate it was quick that I knew she didn't like anything about me. Okay, she didn't like my GPS. She didn't like a shirt that I had on. She didn't like the books that I used to train from. It was like this well-rounded not like. Have you ever encountered that where there's someone you work with or someone in your world who just doesn't like anything about you? Or, or maybe it's the opposite and you don't like anything about them. So this is how we start off, and this is on Sunday. Well, by the time Wednesday gets here, things had progressed a little bit, and we were together training in the room, and we each described our breakout sessions. So I talked about mine, she talked about hers, we took a break, and the ladies could go wherever they wanted. Well, about a minute before start, I'm in my room, and she comes walking in with a chair, and she says, well, no one came to my room, so I'm just going to join you. Well, that's fine, but as a trainer versus a participant, her role in my room should have just been right to sit back and observe. Well, there used to be a part in this session, which by the way was called managing emotions. There used to be a part in the session where I would say to the room, I would say just like this, I need someone to engage me in a difficult conversation who will do it. No one ever does it because what I'm really saying is I need someone to be mean to me. So I have to like lighten it up and get people to volunteer. Well, you're probably like in your car thinking, oh no, and you're correct, oh no. Her hand, when I called for someone to help, her hand went straight up. Now that particular day I had my hair up. So she says to me in front of 100, 120 women, she says, yeah, what's up with your hair? Now if you're a man listening, just translate it into something that would affect you, but for women, 
holy moly, in front of all these women, she says this. Now, if you were with me in previous sessions, you might remember that the mental hospital was was the result of many things, but it was certainly related to my self-esteem and what people thought about me and perfectionism. And so here she was saying this in front of 100 women. And it was a managing emotions seminar. So they are all waiting to see what is she going to say? How is she going to handle it? Well, I had been studying this book called Power Phrases by Meryl Runyon. I'll put the information in the show notes. And it's basically about being able to speak up without being mean when you speak up. So, I, And it's about phrases, like short things to say. I had been studying it. So I paused. By the way, like a three-second pause is perfect because you have adrenaline going through your body, which means your brain's not really thinking. So you want to take that pause. And you also want to have powerful language already in your brain so you don't have to create it on the spot. So I paused, I searched my brain, I found a phrase, and I said, well, what would make you ask me something like that? And I was so proud, but then we weren't done because she answered the question and said, well, I don't know, turn around. I think everything about you looks unprofessional. Now, it was like a tennis match. These poor women were <gasps> looking back and forth like, what is going on? And they could tell that it wasn't planned. So I took another pause. I searched my brain. I found a, a, a phrase and I said, I do want to hear what you have to say, but not the pot shots. Whew. So here we go. Today, we are going to first work through dealing with emotional situations as far as analyzing them, processing them. And I'm going to give you a five-step method to analyze any situation that is upsetting you or taking you off. Okay, then next week, we'll go into part two and we will talk about how to have a conversation with someone because typically that happens. You're going to need to have that that talking part. Um, Also, FYI, next week is going to be about the emotional conversation wizard, which is on the website. So if you go there, it's on the homepage, you can download it. If you want to get it before next week, fabulous. You won't need it just to listen. So I want you to pretend with me that you're in my session and that I've called you up and I've said, look, this is going on and I need your help. I've been with this woman all week and I'm going to be with her again in a couple of weeks. And I just don't know what this situation, I don't know what to do. I always recommend that you do get together with a few people who can help you. Now, let me explain though. They need to be like your your positive, helpful friends. It's not just a venting session. So you don't want someone who's just going to throw fuel on your fire or support you. You want people who are going to actually help you and let you talk through it and really work it out. The second thing is, if it's a work situation, don't talk to people at work. If it's a situation with a family member, try to talk to people outside of that that dynamic because you want someone who can listen without having all the emotions with you. So you're with me. You've gotten together. We, we've started. I've shared my story with you. And now I want to get your help. So today is about analyzing it. There's a book I love called Emotional Intelligence at Work, and it's by Dr. Henry Weisinger. I'll put it in the show notes too. And in it, he talks about problem solving. Well, I've changed that a little bit. My five-step method, I'm going to call situation solving, and it's actually based on his description of problems versus situations. So let me tell you what he says about situations. He says, if you think of life as a series of situations that require some kind of a response, then no situation is inherently a problem. It is the ineffectiveness of our response that makes it so. 
Let me make sure I explain. He's not saying, okay, all of the things in your life that are bugging you are your fault. He's not saying that. He's just saying, if you haven't found a way to deal with something, that makes it a problem. The, the situation with me and this woman, she didn't, as far as I know, didn't see it as a problem. I'm the one who saw it as a problem and needed to figure out a way to deal with it. So I like calling it situation solving. And that's where these five steps come in. So pretend that you're with me. I've, I've told you my situation, and now here are the steps. Number one, we need to define the situation. I've told you this whole story. Now I need you to tell me what is the situation that's going on here. Now, you're, hopefully you're calling it out, you're walking, you're in your car, people think you're crazy. When I do it in seminars, and I've been doing this for a while, here's, here are some things people call out. Well, she's jealous. She's a control freak. She's just trying to make you look bad. She's aggressive. She's a jerk all these things, right? Now, when I hear those things, it makes me feel really good, right? I mean, you're on my side, you hate her, you love me, it's awesome. Unfortunately, I've already thought of all those things. Those are all the things that I've already thought of, she's a jerk, blah, blah, blah. But here's the problem with defining the situation that way, because however we define it, that's what we say we're going to work on. Okay, here's why it's a problem. Let's say we say that she's jealous and that is the situation. We don't know that for sure. That's a maybe. Maybe she's jealous. That has to do with her, not the situation. And you know what? Even if she is jealous, I can't work on that. I am not going to sit down and have a therapy session with her. So when I say define the situation, we need to make it fact-based, situation-based, not person-based. So let me tell you what we ultimately came up with. Here, my group, here's the situation we decided we wanted to work on. She was criticizing me sometimes publicly. Now, do you see how different that is from jealous, control freak, trying to make me look bad, aggressive, jerk? All those things are about her, but this is about the situation. She was criticizing me sometime, sometimes publicly. That's something that I can probably work on. And another thing about the situations, you don't want to sort of pull out what's sometimes called verbal vomit, meaning you are going to choose every single thing that the person has ever done to upset you. I told you a lot of things in the story, but we want to narrow it down and just pick one. That's the one that I chose. So number one, define the situation. Number two, list the maybes. Now this is where we can go back to all the things that you just said or not you, but the people who have said these things in the past, jealous, control freak, aggressive jerk, try to make me look bad. If you can put a maybe in front of those, it goes here. What I really want to know here under list the maybes, what might be causing this to happen? Right? Okay, she's, she's criticizing me sometimes publicly, but why? Well, we could say maybe she's jealous. Maybe she's a control freak. Maybe she's trying to make me look bad. Maybe she's just a jerk. Maybe she's aggressive. Now, I don't know what you called out in your car or on your walk, but it was probably a maybe she. Most people will say maybe she. And again, I appreciate it so much. But you do realize that I told you the story from my emotional perspective, not to try to trick you, but that's the way we tell emotional stories. I said she did this and she did that and she did this. Who did I leave out? Yeah, I left out me. So even though I appreciate all of that, what I need to hear from the people who are working through this with me 
is also, okay, yes, that, but also me, okay? So open it up to that. What about me? You can say things out loud. Things that I tend to hear are maybe you were too sensitive, okay? Oh, back to she. Maybe she was trying to help because you asked for someone to engage you in a difficult conversation, okay? But back to me. So maybe I was too sensitive. Maybe I did something to upset her. Maybe I was being too controlling. We could have a whole list It is such a disservice to leave yourself out because you better believe it, you're part of an emotional situation. So we need to have a whole list. And by the way, I was not completely open with you. Not Again, not because I'm trying to set you up, but because I was upset when I told the story. So for example, when I said that she didn't like my GPS, well, what really happened was, first of all, she had the rental car. When you have two people, I don't know how they choose, but one person has the rental car. You both drive, but one gets it. Typically, the person who gets it is sort of in charge of the navigating. So she had the car. I got a brand new GPS. She had never used it before. It was making her nervous. And instead of just figuring, okay, we won't use that, I said, fine, we won't use it. We'll use your 20-page map quest. That was on our first day. So I did contribute to the situation. So Number one, to find the situation. Number two, list the maybes. You know, why might it be happening? Number three is kind of fun. List your options. We have so many options. And I want you to be really creative here. I want you to list things, even if you would never do them. Now, probably don't write anything super illegal down, you know, like kill her or anything like that. However, you really want to be way out there and way broad, write everything you can think about. So typically what I hear when I do this live, well, take her to dinner, kill her with kindness, Um, talk to her, sometimes change your hair, let her pick the books, let her navigate, make the list just as everything you can think of. I have three things that I want you to always put on your list. Two of them are sort of your extreme options. One of them is what tends to happen. Let's do the extremes first. And let's, let, me, let me say them to you in light of, sometimes people will say, well, gosh, how many options should I have? Or how many things do I have to try? And I will say, until you're ready for the extremes. One extreme is you accept it. And when I say accept it, I really mean accept it. A lot of times people say, well, I've just accepted it, but they're really ticked off. The other extreme is, Quit. Fire the person. Leave the relationship. Tell the company I want to work with her anymore. Get out of it. Do you see how those are actually like extremes? Accept it. End it. And everything in between. But what one that needs to go on your list that is what I am prone to do if I'm not careful is this one. Don't do anything but whine and complain about it all the time. I don't mean to be harsh, but it should go on the list because sometimes we do that whine and complain about it and don't do anything. At least realize that that's a choice. Now let me soften that up a little bit. Sometimes we don't do anything because maybe we're not ready. Maybe the risk is too high or we perceive that it's too high or maybe we just don't know what to do. We don't have the tools yet. But in any case, do nothing should go on your list. Now what you do at that list is that you just, you look at your list of whys or maybes and you try to pick ones you think might be the ones that could be causing it. And then you look at your list of options and you think, well, what might help? Well, that leads us naturally to number four. Number four is try something. Okay, you gotta, you gotta jump out there and you gotta do it. You gotta try it. 
And then that brings us to number five, which is evaluate it. I have several things to say about this step. First of all, this is what makes defining the situation so important because if I'm going to evaluate what I did, I have to have something to evaluate it based upon. It needs to be based upon your situation. And that's why I wanted you to narrow it down and be very specific. So let's say, let's say that I decided that the the maybe was maybe I had done something that had upset her. Maybe I was being too controlling. So I decided to at our dinner because we had dinner together every night. Talk to her at the dinner. Let's say that's what I decided to do was those two things: go to dinner and talk to her because I think that maybe I did something to hurt the situation. So that I did it. I tried something. Well, now I have to evaluate it. What I have to look at is. Is she criticizing me still, whether it's public or private? Well, let's say that nothing happened. Still criticism, no change. I want you to change the way you talk a little bit. What we tend to say is, well, that didn't work. The phrase that didn't work is very final. It's very end of the road. It's very end of process. So what I'd like for you to do is change it to say, that's not working. Do you see how that's different? That's not working means I'm still in a process. Maybe it will work later, but right now it's not working. Now let's go, let's say that the criticisms decrease some. Well, then I would, again, I would need to say a process that is working, that is helping. We want to use those, those current process type of verbs, because then what that lets me do is go back to my maybes. Well, did I, did I, maybe miss it. Go back to my list of options. I can mark things off as I try them. All of this should be written. I hope that makes sense to you. I want to go back through it one more time as we end our time together. First thing was define the situation. For my case, um, it was ultimately that she was criticizing me sometimes publicly. Make sure you make it situation-based, not person-based. Number two, list the maybes. This is where you look at why might she be criticizing me publicly. Come up with a whole list of the maybes. Doesn't mean that you're responsible for solving all of them, but you just want to change your mindset so that you can think bigger as to what might be causing whatever the emotional situation is. Number three, list your options. Make sure they're very broad and that you include accept it, end the situation, and also do nothing. Try to match up your options with your maybes. And number four, try something. And then when you try something, evaluate it by going back to your situation so that you have a basis for your evaluation. Oh, so how is that? The first step in dealing with emotional situations is to analyze it, to process it, get some people to help you. Now, I know that you're dying to know the end of that story, and you will next week because that's our time for today. Um, I hope you learned something. You can find the show notes I've talked about and get information if you'd like for me to speak at your next event at TammyWest.com. The monthly $50 Amazon card giveaway will come from leaving a comment on the blog slash show notes. Um, And speaking of that, last month's uh, February's winner is Rhonda Harris. So woohoo, congrats Rhonda. I'll be getting that to you soon. I'll be in touch. And finally, remembering our mental and emotional well-being goal long-term, I do hope that you will renew your thoughts daily, that you will adopt empowering language that prevents verbal harm to yourself and to others, 
and you will make positive mental and emotional choices on a daily basis. And until next time, consider yourself hugged.